Oh, I love the drums and the sound of a marching band. That signals another episode of Unanchored Boston. Hi, everybody. With Bob Lobel, I'm Mike Lynch, and we are coming to you. We are taping on Valentine's Day, and neither one of us is wearing red. What a shame that is. But that does not mean we don't have a sentimental hearts and uh, big, wide hearts. And remind you that uh, our show, as always, is brought to you by Cold Springs RV, your destination for all things camping and where... We're in New Hampshire, of course, and by the big wheel himself, the great George Gray at George Gray's Lexington Toyota. Happy Valentine's Day, Robert. Thank you. It doesn't mean we don't have red on. It's just not visible. <laughs> I know. And I, I, I looked on the closet and I pulled out a, a purple top. And Well, I'm, you know, who knows what you're wearing for. Yeah. You know, I could, have, like, I could have red socks on. Is that what you're saying? Thank you, Reddies. Yeah, you could have red socks on. That's probably... And today, no, since you don't wear socks. <laughs> and today, speaking of Red Sox, uh, uh, the Red Sox have opened up their uh, 2024 spring training camp, pitchers and catches, on February 14th. Um, it'd probably be the last time we talk about the Red Sox camp, unless something dramatic happens in a while, because we got so much else to cover. The Super Bowl was just played this week. Like, again, another terrific finish to the Super Bowl. Kansas City wins again. We got all things to talk about: dynasties, commercials, Mahomes, uh, the decision to take the take the ball, uh, receive the opening kickoff. But what what, what do we start with, uh, Bob? Here, uh, no any disagreement that there's a dynasty in the making or a dynasty? Is dynasty. You know what? I yeah, I think you're absolutely right. But I I think this this dynasty thing is overdone. I think there's a a rush to get to a so-called dynasty. It's like some fictitious place that you want to be that gives you extra standing in the world of of what? What's a dynasty? What is what is it? Why do we you know Ming Dynasty, uh, Genghis Khan, uh, the Roman Empire, those are dynasties. No, the Ming Dynasty was a Chinese restaurant we all used to go to after the Oh, that's years. true. That's true. At Channel Five, those were Ming so, Dynasty. Celtics <laughs> had a dynasty. So we, when you say so Ming Dynasty, anybody from Channel Five, you're thinking about Last Call at quarter one. That's what we're thinking. Yeah, I got it. I don't understand. So, but the dynasty, what is it? Three, five, six, right, eleven, twenty. In the sixties, Green Bay Packers, right? Well, yeah, but I know but what what is a dynasty? Uh, a dynasty is there's this over it's overdone is what I'm saying. There's a rush to judgment, rush to being a dynasty. It's like it was some admirable goal to be called a dynasty. Maybe it is. Maybe it is an admirable goal. I just don't quite get it because it's not a, a defined. If you had 20 wins in a row. That's a dynasty. Okay, I'll shut up. No, I just want you to give me a yes or no. Green Bay Packers, were they a, were they a dynasty? <laughs> yes or no, stupid. Right. Uh, was that? Yeah, yes. Okay. Uh, but uh, you know what? Okay, I'm just loath to use the word dynasty, but okay, yes or no, Bob? Yes or no? Yes. Okay, Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes. Uh, San Francisco 49ers. Yes. Dallas Cowboys. Yes. Uh, New England Patriots. Yes. Okay. They're, they're different kinds of dynasties, right? 
Kansas City Chiefs. Yes. I mean, well, a dynasty in the making. But what what is what I mean, is in the making? How many do you have to win to become a dynasty? Three right, in a row, two in a row? Then you know, go when you talk about the Yankees and Montreal Canadiens. Those are dynasties and the Celtics. Yes. And UCLA. Yes. You put no that's UCLA is the ultimate dynasty. Correct. To me. Yes. But you're right. Those are the standards. UCLA, the Yankees, the Montreal Canadiens, the Boston Celtics. Four legitimate dynasties. Maybe Oklahoma football. Right? Yeah. Dynasty. Yeah. Those. But nobody used the word dynasty back then when UCLA and Oklahoma were, were winning everything all the time. I'm just saying that this has become a a crazy, stupid thing to say we're the next dynasty. You know, it, it's it, it's, it's like winning. OK, winning a lot. I can understand that definition. It's like someone defined pornography once that I really can't define for you, but I know it when I see it. And a dynasty, I know it when I see it and I know it when I feel it. Fair enough. I'll buy that. It's like the Dallas Cowboys. Are they really a dynasty? But they seem to dominate the sport at that particular time. The 49ers dominated the sport at that Pittsburgh Steelers, all these things that you mentioned. Patriots, there's no doubt about it. Not only did they dominate it, they, they totally controlled it. It was expected. Dynasty, I think, is when you go out there and expect to win, and you do. So the perfect example in this day and age, in 2024, there's no question that the Kansas City Chiefs are a dynasty. I think there is a question. I mean, they want to be a dynasty? Great. Call yourselves a dynasty if that's what you want. Does there, yeah, is there a question? They're on their way. They're dominant. You know, what are, you know, yeah, I, I guess they've won more than the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. So and they're, in it, they're in it every year. Well, at least they they have been for the last four or five years, five yeah. years. Well, the AFC championship game at the worst. Um, you know, speaking of dynasties, Tom, Tom Brady has retired, but he still is part of a dynasty because I think the two best spots – on Sunday's Super Bowl commercial load involved Tom Brady. First, let's take a look at the MGM bet with Tom Brady and Vince Vaughn. How do you like it so far? One of my favorites. Unforgettable moment. It was good. It was very good. But it was also the Dunkin' Donuts spot. The Dunkin' King donut spot. Brady. I don't think you should do this. Last year she came to my work. Now I gotta show her what I can do. He's here. Ah, flat on the track. What up, Bronx? For your consideration, here comes the Boston Massacre. The Dunkies. Touchdown, Tommy on them keys. Player coach. Got it. I'm open. And needs no introduction, my partner. Sometimes it's really hard to be your friend. You said you were gonna support me. How do you like them? 
donuts. I'm so sorry. You had to see it, but I forgive you. Lay us on the track. Are we going to be on the album? We talked about this. Let's go. You're blinded by them pinstripes. Wrap it up. There goes Babe Ruth. Tom, you can stay. You remember when I told you I'd do anything for you? This is anything. Chill. They're naming a drink after us. <laughs> that Damon was brilliant in that ad. Spectacular. Spectacular. So was Affleck, and Tom was great, too. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think she wanted him to stay? Audition? <laughs> call Second callback? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't expect that question. <laughs> you got to be ready for anything in this show, Bob. But... The fact that he brought up the Boston Massacre was, uh, what was he really referring to? Probably uh, all the championships that we won. You know, unless. Well, you know, Netflix, this is really interesting, Mike, because, you know, Friday, Netflix is dropping the, the dynasty thing about the Patriots. The question is, they're also doing two Red Sox documentaries. I find this really strange. Well, the one is not so strange. It's 2004. It's the fever pitch year. It's the Red Sox uh, first World Series year. You know, that's that's made to order. There's all kinds of great stuff in that in that particular uh, Netflix documentary. But this year's documentary on this year's Red Sox. 2024 Red Sox, why would they be doing a documentary uh, on that, on this team? What is the possible connection? Is it like, can you put it next to murder in Boston? Is it going to be next to this is a robbery or the Boston massacre? Or uh, what else could it possibly be. I thought they were doing it for the money, but they're not getting a cent. They're not, they're not being reimbursed one penny uh, or compensated, I should say, um, which is, I find that hard to believe. I mean, so for absolutely nothing, this group is going to be probably very invasive um, in the locker room every single day. Uh, they're going to take some road trips, not all of them, but they will be at every single home game. They'll be in the locker room. Um, They'll be in the manager's office when people are in there. Of course, if he really wants to do something private, he'll just tell them to shut the camera off. But, yeah, I, I think it's um, it'll be an interesting look. And usually you do this with lousy teams because you're not distracting them from, you know, chasing a pennant. Oh, well, they picked the right one. Yeah, so I think this is why they, why they picked the Red Sox. Um, I, I don't – but – I think the Red Sox might have lobbied for this. I mean, they could have picked any team. They could have picked the Oakland Athletics or the Detroit Tigers or the White Sox or anybody that's, you know. Oh, lousy. Yeah. Um, I think the Red Sox, I think the Fenway Sports Group, people that hired Theo Epstein, not the Red Sox hired him, Fenway Sports Group hired him. I think the Fenway Sports Group feels that any publicity is good publicity, no matter if it's good or bad. Uh, and that despite 
the quality of the team, this has nothing to do with that, the quality of the team. It has everything to do with showing the venue, showing the love that Red Sox fans have, showing the, the disdain that the Red Sox fans have for bad teams, but the fact that they keep coming back to Fenway Park and it's, it's a sales pitch by the Fenway Sports Group to the rest of the country, to the world, saying we have a great venue here, great ballpark with great fans, whether we're good or bad, they're still great fans. And you want to, we want to share it with you. You know, the number was staggering. Let me, Alexa, how many subscribers are there to Netflix? Netflix has 25,100,000 YouTube subscribers. 25,100,000 subscribers. Take that per month. 25 million subscribers. So, which is incredible. So, whether you watch the, the documentary or not, you're part of that big pile of cash that Netflix has and has coming in every week. That's what, the that's documentary what is not going to be. I'm, the documentary is not going to be. That's an amazing. Alexa knows more than Siri credit for. The document documentary is not part of about. It's not about the baseball team. It's about Fenway Park. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be about the venue. But I. What else can I say? Why else? Why else would they do it? 25,100,000 per month times 699 or whatever whatever package you subscribe to. That's a pretty good revenue stream. I think that gives new new meaning to the word streaming. Speaking of streaming, there was a streaker at the Super Bowl. Did you see that? Two streakers? Two, really? Two. Two. Yeah, two. They were buddies. One one received a little more credit than the other. Uh, he just he did it for the publicity or whatever. He read a story on it. Yeah, it's not the first one. There've been like two or three other Super Bowls. It's become, you know. How do those guys get on the field? I mean, like that. There are so many eyeballs watching people. Kept on the field, and they always miss the guy the first two times. Well, you know, after a while, you kind of lull yourself to sleep, and you end up watching the game and figure, well, nothing's going to happen, and they just pick their moments and go. <laughs> How else would you do it? They must be from MIT. Well, you know what? If they want to, right, they can sneak around at night and plant stuff in the ground and have it explode. It's like MIT. The, uh, the one thing about the Super Bowl, I really felt it this week, was I don't, it's just a matter of that trying to fit in a football game. We managed to get a football game in despite all the other activities. Everything else that's gone on, they still managed to squeeze in a football game. It really becomes irrelevant to the whole week. Now, I know that's... Uh, did you know the rules, by the way, the overtime rules? Yes. You did? Yes. Well, you're from Harvard, so there you go. <laughs> I did not. I did not. I, 
had a vague idea that the rules had been changed after that Kansas City uh, Buffalo game. Yes. But the way the way it was going down and the way it was explained, I just really think it was unclear to a lot of people, including some of the players, apparently. Some of the 49ers. Now, the 49ers had a Harvard guy, Kyle Juszczyk. I'm sure he knew. But so did the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> but um, – yeah, I, I don't I don't see what's so hard to figure out. If you uh, get the ball and you score a touchdown, um, and then one team scored a field goal, the other team scored a touchdown, ball game. Ball game. It's not the course, the natural course of events. Well, it's because they're a little bit different than the regular regular season. They only play ten. They play a ten minute period. Right, and I just think it. I just think that CBS did not do a great job in explaining it to the fans. I'd have to go back and look at the tape. Um, you sound like Belichick, for Christ's sake. <laughs> All right, speaking of which, is uh, and we're going to look at some more commercials in, in a minute because I know we had a couple of them queued up. Will Bill Belichick ever coach again in the National Football League? Um, can't, I don't, 50-50, I, I don't know. I guess it depends on. He'll be seventy-two in April, so he's not coaching this year unless somebody gets fired and they just pull him out of the thin air. So he would coach next year when he's seventy-three. Can he still coach at age seventy-three? Uh, well, let me ask you this: the difference between Belichick and Andy Reid is stunning. It is the way that they handle their players the way they're uh, connected to their players. Belichick could take a big lesson from Andy Reid in terms of like interpersonal relationships and dealing with his own team as opposed to being the, the Grinch at the top of the food chain. How would Belichick have reacted if Travis Kelsey did, did that That's, to him? It's a fair question. You know what? I don't know. He would have been. First of all, Travis Kelsey would have never done that to Belichick. That would have never happened. You don't think so? I I I think that you know you you have to have the same deference for Andy Reid as you do for Bill Belichick. Yeah, I, I think he's, he would have done it to Belichick. I think he he's a little bit of a loose cannon at times. You want to, does Taylor know that? I don't know. I don't know. Why, why can't we get her on the, on the podcast? Well, she's on her way to Australia right now, so she's missing the parade. Kansas City Parade is uh, the Valentine's Day that we're speaking here, and the Kansas City Parade is today, and she's on her way to Australia. How do I know these things? I'm, you'd think I was like a follower, but I just, it's a random, and I had a tip. Some, I got a tip. Can you tell me who the source was? I can't. I can't. Really? Yeah. It might have been my cat. <laughs> um, my other favorite spot was the one with Vince Vaughn and Tom Brady. And uh, Keelan, do we have that one uh, hanging around or queued up? One that loves sports betting. Everyone but Tom Brady. Wait, what? You've won too much, Tommy. Let others play. So I'm in if I'm not Tom Brady? You're in. Now dog me. What if I used to babysit Tom Brady and he was a little troublemaker? No one likes a snitch. 
Well, you're in. What if I'm the Tom Brady of spreadsheets? You're in. What if I'm Tim Birdie, seven-time pool champion? The dress-up's not helping, Tom. It's still enough. Hey, Tom. Hi, Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, he's good. I. He's good. And now the next time you see him with Fox, he's going to be doing a game. Yeah, I guess he's prepared and done a lot of preparation. That wasn't my favorite commercial was the Arnold Schwarzenegger one, actually. Yeah. Uh, with Danny DeVito. That was to me the money. State Farm. We got some of that one ready, I think. Yeah. Hey, Arnold, I'm hearing neighbor. It's neighbor. That's what I said. Neighbor. 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 Hey, let's go again. Like a good neighbor. State Farm is there. <laughs> That's pretty solid. Yeah, I thought it was the best of all. Pretty solid. Do, do, do you ever watch some commercials and scratch your head and say, what the heck was that all about? I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. It's like I sometimes I watch plays and I say, what was that all about? I have no idea. <laughs> it was a lot of a lot of blowback against Tony Romo. I don't get it. I think he's. Uh, yeah, I do too. Good. I think he's pretty good. Very good. Very good. Very solid. Very good. Very solid and very, very good. Um, what else in the Super Bowl? Anything else? Uh, well, we, we never got to watch these things when we were working because we were we were at so many of the damn Super Bowls that you know on Monday people would discuss which 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 spots they liked, and now I'm sitting in an easy chair watching them all, and I'm I'm sort of dissecting them. Yeah, I, I always. Right. I agree with you. I would never uh, trade the opportunities we had for being there in person. But when you're not, it's a whole different, it's a whole different presentation. I mean, it's like I said, you, when, when you're there, you wonder how they managed to squeeze in a football game during a, <laughs> a whole week. But I guess when you're at home, everything leads up to the football game. The, the most watched television event of all time. I didn't see any betting stuff on it. I mean, I, I, now, I'm sure it's been out, me, but I haven't seen it. Let me ask you this question, Robert. The most watched television event, event of all time. How much did the Taylor Swift presence and attachment to Kelsey and the Kansas City Chiefs have to do with so many eyeballs on that game? Well, I think it added quite a few. I don't yeah. think, you know, on how many, how many million? I don't know, two, three million. I don't know. Um, it, it was, added, a you know, it was a huge factor, I think, yeah. in that. And uh, I got to, you know, I got to say that I was curious. It was this big curiosity factor. Where, you know, they, there was this jet. They, tractor jet going over the Pacific Ocean like it was Santa Claus going over the North Pole. I know. The only other track jet tracker I've ever seen other than Santa Claus was tra uh, Taylor Swift. <laughs> so all of a sudden, she becomes not only, you know, bigger than life, bigger than the planet. It's like, you know, maybe in a year we'll have forgotten all about Taylor Swift. That's the way 
our brains seem to work these days. So what do you think um, Roger Goodell was talking to Taylor Swift about before the game when they had that shot of him and her talking and they were very serious. Do you think he was asking her if she would be next year's halftime show? Yeah, I don't. No, I don't. I think that's got to be decided at some particular point. I don't think he. I don't think he just goes out and decides who's in the halftime show. I'm not sure he would have picked Usher uh, if he, it was up to him. But somebody advises him, and somebody, you know, says this is available. And I, yeah, maybe it's a natural thing. Maybe it's it's. Yeah, they are. Yeah, well, maybe it's a natural thing. How much do you think Kraft would like to have had a picture like that? <laughs> hey, he got he got on the red carpet. Yeah, it's the Grammys. Yeah, the Grammys, not at the Super Bowl. I think he, like I said, I think he went out there in the red carpet to get a picture with her, and he just couldn't pull it off. But I, see, I thought I saw Roger Goodell's mouth saying much. On that, on that still shot there. Oh, yeah, huh? well, thank you very much is what it should have said. I think it's how much will it cost us to have you uh, do the halftime no, show. No, I think he was thanking her for being for upping their audience. I, I, I think he's trying to get her in next year. That, that's and then there's that waste management golf. I was talking about the weekend. Was, <laughs> I mean, that was out of control. It was really out of control. It, you know, sooner or later, you know, some knucklehead was going to ruin it for everybody. And a lot of knuckleheads. Did you see them like like at like at five o'clock in the morning storm like when they open the gates up to yeah. let them in? Yeah. Um, did you ever go over there when the, the Super Bowls were held and uh, no, we they... drove by. I remember we drove by and they were playing. Yeah. Um, and that's that's a lot different than having the football in Glendale and having the golf up. Well, you know how they have a media party on Tuesday night at different venues like the Houston Aquarium, the Indy five hundred track. Um, they had the, uh, uh, for the Malcolm Butler game, they had the, uh, the media party at the waste management Phoenix open. So we were, well, it was dark, but we were all there, but people were still there, like, like sleeping out on the, on the street so they can get in the next morning. It was crazy. And then we stayed right across the street from them, uh, for the, uh, first Phoenix game. That was the one they lost to the giants. And, we walked in and walked over a, bed, a railroad bed, and we were on the course. Now, we didn't get near the 16th hole, um, but but we were there. It was pretty cool, and that thing is always always run on Super Bowl weekend, which is amazing. So having the Super Bowl twice, I've had the Super Bowl in Phoenix with the Waste Management Phoenix Open there, which gets over 200000 per day. Yeah, it didn't seem to cut – the Super Bowl didn't seem to cut down on the crowd at the, this year's no. Waste Management, but – they were unruly, and they gotta they gotta do something. They can't just be building stadiums holes and expect you know to keep the crowd under control because it's out of control right now. It is. It is. Uh, I mean, it is. And I went, but I also wanted to also clarify when I talked about the Boston Maris massacre was the Yankees. It was a series. The Yankees won all four games in the series by a score of forty-two to nine. Uh, leaving the team tied at that time, 86 and 56 records by the end of play on September 10th. And that became the, known as the Boston Massacre. Thank Do you think that that's what ben, ben Affleck was talking about? I, I don't know, but that's the first you know, reference I heard of, you know, the Boston Massacre. Yeah. 
but you know it, it'll fit within with this year's Red Sox team. How'd you like to be down there? Oh, you are down there. What a stupid question <laughs> that is. You are down there. You're maybe 20 miles away from the ballpark, and uh, I just can't imagine going down there and covering this team and having things to say and interview people to interview and well, you know. Really. You you have you have to pull out a thing out of your back pocket and say. All right, number 31 is who? Who's number 20, 22? Who's number 18? I mean, you never had to do that. And, um, you know, it was just a question of, like, you'd have a list of 10 guys you'd want to talk to and get them in the can. You know, you'd, you'd probably use five or six of them while you were down there, and then the other five or six would be, as we say in the business, in the can for when we go back to Boston. But – you know, this goes to the thing I was talking about last week. Whose jersey, if you had like a, a niece, a nephew, a grandson, a granddaughter? Cora and Veritech, the only ones. The ones that's the manager now and the manager in a year from now. Yeah, and that's it. And those are the the, the, the only the only jerseys you want. I couldn't even name it. I, 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 it would be very hard to uh, – um, the only thing is that the, the players might be very accessible because nobody knows who they are. Well – yeah, the players will be happy to get the recognition, you know, get people yelling at them to come over and sign their autograph, but they won't know who they're talking to, the fans. I don't know. All right. just, read, uh, read, read your uh, Cold Springs RV. I was just about to talk to campers out there, and I know we got plenty of them getting ready for the 2024 season, just like the Red Sox are down in Fort Myers in a new RV. The Red Sox are ready to get up and roll. To what? I don't know. But you at least will have a destination. They don't have a destination. They'll go wherever the river takes them. You will go where you want to go, when you want to go, because you have an RV, a new one from Cold Springs RV. They have the latest. And how is that, Mike? Good so far, right? So far, it's excellent. Yeah, thank you. Cold Springs pop-up trailers, uh, fifth wheels, and motorhomes. When you need an RV or service on an RV, get to Cold Springs RV in Ware, New Hampshire. Where? It's, well, it's just west of Goffstown and north of Dracut. So go out in the all-new Winnebago Access Travel Trailers. Go out in their lot right now and look at these Winnebago all-travel trailers. Because if I was taking a trip down to Florida, I'd be in one of those right now. Okay. All right. So, so you can... You can take uh, your Cold Springs RV Lobby Cruiser. Yeah. And since we just completed the Super Bowl, right. you, have to, you have to pick someone, a player or a coach or a broadcaster that was involved in at least one Super Bowl to ride shotgun with you. And who would you pick? I'd take Andy Reid, probably. Okay. And what more? I would take Malcolm Butler. Oh, yeah. Could you find him? Come on, you got to find him before you can take him. Oh yeah, we've got all this equipment in, in the in the Lowy Cruiser. I mean, we got we got night scanners, night vision. We've got um, uh, body images, body heat sensing. We we could we'll find him. There's no all question. All right, Malcolm, open up, Malcolm. It's about time he told us what really happened. That's what's going to happen when I'm driving the the Lowy Cruiser down to uh, spring training. Well, again, call me and let me know what he says. Okay. All right. Um, will John Henry give the state of the uh, 
the State of the Union address to the uh, media when he's down there? No. No, you that would be. So? You don't think so? No, I don't. I think it'll be Tom Werner and uh, full throttle Tom, Sam Kennedy, and the usual. Why would John Henry put himself out there now? Do you think John Henry has said, all right, I've uh, physically, I've, I've, Modernize the ballpark to the max. Yeah. Um, I've given this 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 fandom four World Series. Um, I've done everything I could do with this Red Sox franchise uh, from the from the um, facilities standpoint, from the excitement standpoint, and now I'm on to my business model, and the business model is not going to change, and this is the way it's going to be from here going forward. Yeah, I think that uh, I think they're all about building their portfolio of sports franchises and um, know very little bit, of, very little about the actual composition of those franchises, and um, are more interested in the whole world dominance of of sports. Conglomerates, and that's. Yeah. I, I think that I think they want to be the most valuable sports entity on the planet. Listen, there's nothing wrong with that. I agree. Okay, if that's what your goal is, if that's what you're built for, they're following. They're they're very successful. They should be applauded for for their great success. However, yeah. it's what they it's who they've stepped on to get there, and what they've stepped on are are fans. They've used the, they use the fans as a stepladder, and they've climbed up on the backs of fans to achieve the lofty goal of greatest sports marketing organization in the world, or whatever you want to call them. Their portfolio, it's like Theo Epstein was hired by Fenway Sports Group, not by the Red Sox. So I think it's, everybody thinks that Theo is going to really mollify Red Sox fans. I don't think so. I think he's in it for the Fenway Sports Group, and his, you know, he's got bigger and better things to worry about. Yeah, he's coming down there sometime in March, but it's uh, although he Thank may God, do- that'll save the day. <laughs> I, 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 and I bet the Red Sox sell out every uh, like they have every year, every spring training because it's it, it, it's an event. You know, you instead of going to the beach, or you go okay, we're gonna go to. Uh, Jet Blue Ballpark. You know what? Spring training doesn't matter because they never played the regulars anyway. Very seldom did you get to see all, you know, there's B squad and A squad. B squad went to Bradenton and the A squad went to uh, Tampa or whatever. Do the Red Sox have, a, have an A squad? Huh? No, it's a B and C squad. <laughs> maybe, maybe lower. Good point. Very good point. Why don't you do George Gray? Because I have to go to a dentist appointment. Of all okay. Can yeah. you imagine leaving this show and going to a dentist appointment? Um, They're not right about that. You're actually looking forward to the dentist? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I shouldn't say that. <laughs> hey, you know what? If you're thinking about a new vehicle, go where Loby and Lynchy go. And we've been going for, I don't know, 30, 30 or 40 years. Go see our, our friend, the big wheel, George Gray, at George Gray's Lexington Toyota. We've been customers for years because we know George Gray will treat you right. He knows no other way. They're a family-owned and operated dealership that we trust and you can trust as well. Go see the big wheel himself, George Gray at Lexington Toyota, and ask him what he thinks about the 2024 
Boston Red Sox. I but, would but, just remind you that oh, here he is right there, the uh, big oh, wheel with a mustache around uh, some guy that used to play hockey. He wore a number like four or something like that. Yeah, and uh, there's the big wheel himself right there. What are you having done at the dentist, Bob? Uh, you don't want to know, man. It's just crown, just stuff, you know, drilling. Uh, and I hate the sound. I hated it. Okay. They weren't such nice people. I wouldn't. And I'm bringing the Valentine's, bringing five of them Valentine's gifts. So they'll be <laughs> nice to me today. That's All right. Don't forget the Patriots dynasty thing drops on Friday. Yes. It'll be, it's supposed it's to be very, very good. Yeah, it'll be low, pro, more pro-craft than you're going to want, but that's the way it is. Yep. All right. Well, enjoy the dentist. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. And, yeah, uh, you too, Mike. Thank you. Very sensitive of you. Thank you. We'll see you next time on Unanchored Thank Boston. you for the flowers, by the way. Yes, they're on their way. The day is not over yet. I, and, uh, I appreciate everything you've done. Follow us at unanchoredboston.com. Boston is a Burke Advertising LLC production. To learn more, go to unanchoredmedia.com.